I specifically remember my grandmother at the time when I was probably in middle school, she was living with us. And I specifically remember her, you know, making me swear to become a doctor. I don't know what the conversation <laughs> was or what, but I specifically yeah. remember that because I was like, oh shit, I gotta be a doctor or I'm going to hell. <laughs> will be oh, the man. official start and this is like a good place for you to do like a little introduction of who you are and what do you do uh so who am i um my name is nabil zaidi i um i'm the eldest son of pakistani parents who immigrated to new jersey which is where i was born making me the first generation american and i'm sure you know as we have this conversation we can loop back into that for context for a lot of the topics we'll be talking about but what I'm best known for is actually what I do. Um, I and myself, myself and two of my cousins, Faraz and Aram, we started a clothing brand called Profound. Uh, we're in stores such as Saks Fifth Avenue, Neiman Marcus, Nordstrom, and a few others in the luxury sphere. And um, we started in 2008, so it's been a it's pretty it's been a long journey. I'm 31 years old now. And I start, we started when I was turning 18, I believe. So that pretty much, you know, took up most of my adult life so far. So that's what I'm known for. And that's who I am. Dude, wow. 18, 18 is, is, is young to, to yeah. jump straight into that. On that note, because you started so young at that point, um, was being a doctor or any of the traditional careers like lawyer, engineers, whatever, was, was that part of your path? Like, was that something that your parents were trying to push you towards? <laughs> Man, you know what? I was, well, let's put it this way. Like, I'm sure every brown person or most brown people had that type of discussion before. Yeah. Um, I specifically remember my grandmother at the time when I was probably in middle school, she was living with us. And I specifically remember her, you know, making me swear to become a doctor. I don't know what the conversation <laughs> was, or whatever, but I specifically yeah. remember that because I was like, oh shit, I got to be a doctor or I'm going to hell. <laughs> it was crazy. So... Other than that, man, it was like, it was mostly passive. Um, yeah. There were, there were times that, you know, I did consider it, but very passively. And then the reason for it is because I guess, you know, the people I was around when I was growing up, um, all my friends were super creative and I'm sure we'll have a conversation about, you know, the upbringing and everything and like with the influence. But as far as my parents go, I mean, I, it's, it's an interesting conversation because, you know, it's it's great that you have this platform to talk about these things because the reason why you're, you know, the, the title of this podcast is what it is is because, you know, being a doctor is heavily pushed on. And it's kind of interesting. And we should also, like, evaluate why that is. Like, why do you think that, you know, brown parents push this whole narrative or, or this goal to become, for the children to become doctors? Why do you think that? So I think it stems... My personal opinion, it stems all from security, I think, and also their own upbringing, like coming from yeah. where they're coming from, that seemed to be the most secure profession, but also the most respectable pr profession. Right. And then, you know, taking probably the biggest risk that anybody could take, like coming to a new country to try to give us opportunity. They, they it's funny because they didn't, I don't see the, they don't think they saw the inherent risk of doing something like that because they were like, oh, this is the yeah. right move. But when they yeah. got here, they still can shed 
from that same um, mindset that, you know, doctor or even something like a lawyer or engineer or something like that, like right. that security, yeah, yeah. that's respectable. And also, you know, financially, it's probably the greatest yep. path to take too. And yeah. times have changed and, and the opportunities have changed, but breaking that mindset that they grew up with for like 40 years or whatever, like 30, like you can't, you can't break that. Uh, and mm. I think that that's where it comes from. That's what I think. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, bro, you absolutely hit the nail on the head. Um, I have a very... My, my thoughts are the same. It's like, you know, my parents and I think most immigrant families, whether they're brown or not, yeah. uh, they come from coming here is a big sacrifice for them coming to America. I mean, um, they sacrifice everything. They come with not much. Um, and so they face a lot of financial hardships. So their goal is to give their children or their family a better life or more yeah. opportunities financially. And like you said, at that time, at their time, um, what what is that? That's becoming a doctor, most like yeah. you said, most respectable and probably the most financial secure position or job career that they can have their children chase. So they, so they they take it as like that. Like I came to this country to give my my son or daughter the best opportunity for life, and this is the career path that they know can lead them to that. And like you said, like times have changed a lot since you know. Our parents have immigrated here. I forgot what year. They, I think my parents immigrated here like a year or two before I was born. Um, and then back then, you know, like everything was entrepreneurship. Let's talk about entrepreneurship. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. really a thing, you know, as it is now. Or uh, social media isn't it? Was it anything? Content wasn't really yeah. anything. And that's what all the jobs and positions and careers are today that they circle around like entrepreneurship a lot of his yeah. content a lot of it is you know social media and whatnot so like you said man like times has changed and um financial security is a big reason why this whole thing has been pushed um and you can't blame him for that man like no. i know like I, I in the past bro in the past i used to so in the past um as we were starting this i also dropped out of college so that was another big battle i had to face as oh. well a huge one yeah yeah so just to give you a little bit of context uh about that so like i said uh we started this um in 2008 so that was the summer i graduated high school um and then i took like i was going to college for like two years and then um alongside that we were growing the business and then you know we were just blessed to have to have the wheels starting to turn so I made the decision like, you know, to focus more of my time on the business and the brand. Cause I was at the time I was, my parents are, you know, still working class people. So at the time I also had a full-time job to support myself financially while going through college full-time. So I was working full-time, um, going to college full-time, then switched to part-time and then um, still doing the brand, uh, doing the, the doing uh, profound. So this is around when I was 18 to 19 to 20 years old. So then, man, I had to make a decision. I didn't even consult my parents about it, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's probably not the best way to do it, but um, I, 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 know, I know you also dropped out of the whole yeah. um, medical school. So uh, I'm, I definitely want to hear your story. But um, I remember it was just like too much for me to handle. And like, I just had, the thing about me is, man, like, I, maybe I do show it in a way, or maybe I don't. Is like, uh, whenever I believe in something, I truly, truly stand by it and believe in it. And then at that time, when 
you know, I was juggling school and the brand and growing the business and, you know, everything we're doing, like, I believe it was the right decision to make. And when I come to that point, like, there's no convincing me otherwise. Like, I'm super hard-headed when I follow my gut. And that was my gut. It was like, okay, so, you know, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur of some sort. And then I could definitely talk more about that. But I remember it was like, uh, I think it was like a spring semester, second year. I was uh, going to register for classes. Then I'm just like, fuck this shit. Uh, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just ended up not registering for that semester. And that's how things just started falling into place for that. And I just yeah. dropped out. But what about you? How did that happen? Dude, so a, a couple a couple of things that you mentioned that I wanted to hit on. Yeah. One, the, the parents thing that we were talking about, I think something that they didn't realize or <laughs> that wasn't their intention, but them coming here, I think the biggest mm-hmm. gift that they were giving us was choice. And, you know, mm. them coming here, they thought they were going to get stability. But I think the great because that's not what you have or didn't have back at home. Yeah. You don't have choice. So here yeah. you can start with anything. You can start with nothing and become anything you want. So I think they didn't realize right. what they were giving us choice. So when you got older, yeah. when you wanted to make that choice, then it becomes a problem. Like, oh, that's not why I came here. Um, yeah. You know, you, you should follow a traditional. Path. I think that that was one um, uh, is an issue. And then it's 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 interesting that you point something out. And, and Ani put it in in a very good way that you know how you said you don't really consult your parents when you're doing something in our culture mm-hmm. we're kind of beaten to, to to like anytime we do something you got to talk to your parents or your elders right yep. but he yep. pointed something out which is very true that if you think about how they were brought up with their experience they have no idea what an entrepreneur is right they have no idea <laughs> yep. what what it means to start a brand in over exactly. here, or start a brand period right so yeah yes I understand the respect aspect and yeah, you should consult them and, you know, have their support, but there does come a point where your ambition might far, you know, out, um, um, not outshine, but your ambition, uh, your ambition <laughs> might far exceed their knowledge in that topic. So yeah. there kind of is no point. Like this, sometimes there is that you got to you got to pull the trigger on what what you think is the right thing to do. And, you know, and then you're the one who's going to live your life and live with those consequences. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it was a similar thing too. I got to a point where um, I was extremely unhappy with where I was going. And the deeper I got into medicine, uh, I realized that this just wasn't the right path for me. And it was funny because people around me who've known me for a while started seeing it too and started telling me that, yo, like you went from a pretty happy person to a pretty sad, <laughs> miserable person. And I had to reevaluate like what I wanted to do moving forward. And it was a little bit more complicated because I was already married when I started. Like I, I started med school and got married at the same time. So not only did oh, I wow. have to break this news to my parents, I had to break this news to my in-laws wow. uh, saying that, you know, I was going to drop out. So it was probably the most difficult time, uh, a difficult decision too, that I had to make. But it was one of those things that like I knew that weren't going to un- understand now. But in the long term, I knew that it was definitely worth the fight. And yeah. it, it honestly did end up being uh, worth the fight. So it was tricky. And like, I, I can empathize a little bit with you about like this dropping out and knowing that, yo, this is not the right move for me. And it's true. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that people we don't talk about, even in our culture, is that, you know, uh, people are different. People learn different. People function differently. For some people, the traditional education path doesn't work. It doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. So why would you continue even putting yourself in debt or whatever was going on with your college at that time? And that was something mm-hmm. I, I struggled with too, because some uh, some people advise like, yo, just finish med school, finish the four years, get your degree and then drop out. I was like, oh, so you want mm-hmm. me to go much deeper into debt and get a degree for something that I'd have no intention of using. So it's funny that um, yeah. that comes up a lot. 
<laughs> these are these are some like deep heavy topics but yeah. you were talking uh, about yeah go ahead no sorry i was gonna say it's actually like you know very interesting that uh you bring that up as far as like a med school perspective because well first of all um i'm assuming that the reason why you did it was because of your parents was that true? i it was it was a combination of my mom always wanted one of us to be a doctor and it was me and my brother ended up doing it together and prior mm-hmm. to um med school i actually worked in the healthcare field for like about nine years. And mm. the next logical step seemed to either get my MBA or get my MD. And all my time working in the healthcare field, people used to just come and tell me that, yo, you would be a really good doctor, or you would be, you know, you probably should think about becoming a doctor. So I used to hear it all the time. I was like, oh, you know, I, I know it's something I should be doing anyway. My mom wants me to do it. Everybody's telling me maybe, maybe I should do it. And then I did it. <laughs> it did not turn out to be what, yeah, yeah. what I thought. And Another thing was that all my friends in college, um, most of them ended up going down the med school route too. And some of them did it way before I did. I went to med school when I was 25. So like a couple of years after I graduated, 26, a couple of years after I graduated college. So a bunch of my friends had already done it. And I saw like as their life progressed, none of them were like happy with the decision they made. And even to this day, some of them that I still still talk to, they talk about this idea of they can't wait to make enough money or invest enough money in things so they can stop practicing clinical medicine. Mm. So this idea of you're going to spend most of your life becoming something only to make money to eventually do something else that you really want. It's so bizarre. Mm. But for a lot of people, like that's the only option or that's all all they they can do. And that to me was crazy. Mm. It makes sense. And I also want to do add this because, you know, when you're talking about dropping out of college, there's also responsibility because you don't want everybody just dropping out of college. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I do, I do want to encourage like, you know, going to college, getting education. I'm big on education, even though I dropped out. I think that's yeah. a big misconception. Like I'm always, always learning. I don't, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure it's the same with you. Um, you're always learning. It's just like, it's just not the conventional way of learning, but you're yeah. always learning. It's not like you're dropping out and I'm just going to do me. Um, so always, always, always encourage like f- uh, pursuing education. The only reason why I did it is because I already had something building on the side. Um, and then it was just, uh, um, it was just like, it was just a matter of how I want to delegate my time. That's what it came down to. It's like, should I keep pursuing um, an education on a career, which is I'm, I'm already doing, and yeah. you know, so far is building on towards the right path, or should I just go full force on it? So that was the reason why I did it. It wasn't like, screw uh, college. I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. Let me figure it out now. Like starting from scratch. That's not how it should work. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. So. No, it's yeah, good. Yeah. It's good that you pointed that out, and it's funny because I so saw like a few times when you know because I posted a lot about when I dropped out. I, I people still hit me up and they ask for advice, whether it's medical school related or other related. They ask me, and one of the first things I ask him is like, "All right, cool, you're deciding that you don't want to do this, but do you mm-hmm. know what you want to do?" Because exactly. I don't think you should leave something without having any plans. So it's funny. Man. I was like, Yo, uh, how are you going to talk to your parents if they say, "All right, cool, 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 fine, you don't want to do this." So what do you want to do? And if <laughs> yeah. you're like, mm, I don't know. Um, then that Boom. makes your argument te- like you're screwed. So it's yep. it, I'm you know that's I'm glad you brought this up because that's a very good point that you did this for a very specific reason. No one should just mm-hmm. do it because they want to figure it out. Figure it out and then yep. do it. Yep. Like people exactly. talk about jobs too. Like don't quit your job until you have something lined up. Yeah, exactly. Like people, you know, like you said, as far as like you know, happiness goes, whether it be medical, whether it be like a corporate job, people are generally just like sick of doing what they're doing because they're starting to see on social media that there's so many opportunities out there yeah. 
that exceeds what they're doing right now as far as like a nine to five goes. Yeah. But it's like, you know, you, you want to quit your job. That's, that's, that's great. But, you know, let's start dab- dabbling into things on the side first yeah. and see how you like it. See if it's working out. Cause it's not, it's not easy, man. It's not entrepreneurship. <laughs> is not easy. Dude, a hundred percent. This is one thing that I try to bring up a lot, even cause in freelance or entrepreneurship, the thing people mm-hmm. don't understand there is, um, a beauty in a nine to five too. Like you clock in, you clock out and you're oh, done. Yeah. You go home and you do whatever the hell you want. When you're mm-hmm. an entrepreneur or you're doing freelance, your time is not your time. You are always working, right? Cause it's your mm-hmm. business. So your business demands all your attention all the time. So I yeah. think that misconception uh, is people, I think sometimes don't understand that. Yeah. You do have technically more freedom. You can take a day off whenever you want to, but when you take a day off, you suffer. You're not getting paid when yeah. you're taking a day off. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm glad that you brought up that point too. It is very, very difficult to be an entrepreneur. Or, or, or like freelance, it does come with its own beauty, but you have to be prepared. They're going to be working a lot harder than a nine to five in, in some cases. Sure. 100%. Speaking of all these things that you were talking about when, cause you started really long, really young. Was this mm-hmm. something that you felt like you wanted to do since you were a little kid? Like, was this in you or would you want to be something else? And then eventually grew into this. Like, I want to know how this yep. journey started, man. So, wow. Like, so I grew up in Cerro in, in New Jersey. It's just like a suburb town. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the special thing about Cerro is like you have all these different type of kids that live there. You have the working class and then you're like the middle class. And then you, it's like a big melting pot, a pot of two classes. So you're experiencing a lot of different type of personalities, which I feel like helped shape me as a person mm-hmm. and also shape my um, upbringing. So in middle school, man, I was so big into music. I was a rapper. I had, and then eventually I developed that into like building my own um, little studio in my basement at the house and we were living in Cerebral. And back then, like right now, like um, you want to start like a a mic setup and everything, go to Amazon real quick. You got the whole package done, boom. Back then it wasn't that simple. Like you got to get a preamp, uh, all these other (laughs) equipment and everything. So I, I was working at a job in like 7-Eleven and like, you know, just odd jobs, like high school jobs, uh, gather enough money to just build a uh, little studio in my basement um, and started playing around with it, learned how to mix and engineer, did a couple of songs. So I had a, a, I had a crew a label in my high school called uh, TRS, uh, which is short for the Rap Supremacy. And that's like when, <laughs> that's, that's like when my whole, yeah. So that's when my whole, um, I guess entrepreneurial, creative, um, and like pursuit of this type of lifestyle, creative lifestyle began um, middle school into high school. And man, like, this is the round time of MySpace music. Like, yo, I also like had to figure that shit out, like MySpace music. And that was like first thing we had, the first, you know, little taste of social media we had was MySpace, yep. right? So my, and my, and I don't know if you remember, but MySpace music was a big part of that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I had a whole, uh, TRS brand page. I used to be on the uh, AOL chat rooms. So it's like this little grassroots marketing that I was dabbling with before even getting into fashion. So um, with music, you know, um, with having a label, a lot of it, a lot of it, which I think was uh, allowing our label to buzz because it was buzzing a little bit. I was actually yeah. on MTV too. Ooh, I gotta go. I gotta go find some clips and some tracks. Man, I've been trying and trying, but the internet wasn't that popping back then. But no, uh, I got I got a couple screenshots. But I was on MTV Two Sucker Freestyles twice. 
Oh, damn. So, I remember those. Yeah. yeah. So I was there twice, man. So uh, that's like my start as far as like what I wanted to do. So it originated from music. And then with having a, uh, um, a music label, um, a lot of his branding, which I feel like the TRS movement was, you know, displaying really well. So yeah. I learned that branding is important as well. And that kind of just like shifted everything into more visuals, um, which eventually became design, which eventually became fashion. Dude, it's it's so cool for you to to really go into and explain that story is because also when people sometimes see someone, right? They they don't see the full picture of how much mm. has happened to get to where you are now, or even yeah. before you hit eighteen, like when you made a decision <laughs> that you wanted to leave school. So much has happened already yep. that has shaped so your much. path. It wasn't like you woke up one day like you know I ain't going to school no more. I'm just gonna do do this or I'm gonna try <laughs> this out, right? Yeah. So that's yep. really beautiful to see like the full story. Um, I would love to know a little bit more about um, once you decided that this is what you were going to do and moving forward, um, you said it was three of you guys that started this, uh, what your role in is, uh, what your role is and what you guys do now, like what, do, what is more of your day to day now? So people have yeah, a better so idea of what you do. For sure. So, uh, so the company is um, Fraz, Airman and myself. Uh, again, we're, we're cousins. So it's like a family business as well. Uh, the roles, man, like as founders, man, you're pretty much touching everything, especially in the beginning. Um, Fraz and I designed Aram's like, you know, sustaining the business for like the 13 year, 12, 13 years we've been doing it, which is a, a huge, huge, huge responsibility itself. Yeah. Um, so right now, like uh, it's a little bit of everything. Um, as you like in the, in the earlier years, when you're building a brand, it's mostly about just grassroots marketing and um, just getting the brand out, getting the name out. Um, and now it's like a full functioning business. So a lot of it is just business, you know, a lot of our day to day is actually like a lot of times it's real work. Um, you know, sales pitch proposals, it's not always just designing and like going to these shows, meeting up with celebrities and, you know, all the, the sexy yeah. things you see on the gram. Um, a lot of it is work. So at the moment, like right now, as we're kicking the new year off, um, I'm basically doing a lot of reach outs for collaborations that we want to attack, mm -hmm. um, as well as a lot of the big retail stores we want to do. Um, and then also, again, like going back to like the whole, you know, the profound is like, we're focusing more on the business side of it. Um, while we have like the whole luxury, sexy, uh, luxury, high-end part of the brand moving, we're also trying to show growth in the business part of it and that's what like opportunities with like private label um for those who don't know what private label is like for example um we partner with fashion nova to do designs for their graphic t-shirts um so just recently last week um you know we just finished up our second round of graphic t-shirt designs that we're creating for fashion nova and again this is like not co-branded this is you know for fashion nova just designed by us and they cut us a check um things like that so Again, like day-to-day, uh, -day, man, it's just like half matter how to grow, not just the brand, but the business as well. And like opportunities that, like this. That's really cool. I, I think you're hitting on like all the like right things that people should understand, right? Because it's probably, I, I can't, you know, even in, in, in the time that I know so many people have tried to start a brand and a lot of brown people have started brands and a lot of yeah. them have crashed and burned, obviously. And it, it's amazing to see 
what you guys have accomplished and the places that you guys are in now. And it's amazing. Oh, thank you, man. And, and no, it's cool as hell, man. How many other brown brands can you name that are in the stores that you're in? <laughs> man, Not a lot. Uh, <laughs> or if any. <laughs> so it, it, man, it's if I'm really forgetting cool. somebody, I apologize. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, it's important for people to understand one, the hard work, but also what you just said, like, it's not all the sexy, oh, I'm not sitting in front of my laptop, yep. just designing all the time. There's a lot yep. of like yep. work that goes behind that is not 1, what you think it's going to be. You're not just sitting there designing stuff all day or meeting celebrities. All day. There's a lot of other stuff. going. I'm glad that you exactly. hit on that. Now yeah. seeing, seeing the, the level of success that you guys have hit, right? And I'm sure the resistance that you got from your parents when you first decided to do this, how do they feel about what you've done now? Oh man, good question. That's a real good question because I don't get to I don't get to talk about that a lot. Um, so they actually still don't know exactly what I do <laughs> because at the end of the end, at the right. end of the day, yeah, they they just don't they just don't understand it. So I'll give you an example, bro. So this is a couple. So um, the office in Jersey is like 10 minutes from my house. So a lot of times I stop by for lunch just so I can keep seeing them. Yeah. The other day, like my mom is like an OG. She's an entrepreneur, even though she never had experience with entrepreneurship, but she's like, she knows that I'm some, some kind of entrepreneur, right? Like start businesses and that. Right. Yeah. Um, but she just doesn't understand. So she was like, um, she's like, let's start a, uh, a meat business, online meat business and put it under profound and then ship it uh, like to other stores um like wholesalers and that like let's start a um like a flea market type of thing but under profound like she doesn't know that profound is a brand a label you can't just sell anything on it you know yeah. <laughs> but again like they don't know they, they don't know what it is but you know um what do i want to talk about is that you know in the beginning it was really really tough because yeah. they because of the fact that they, did, they just didn't know what creating a brand was or what entrepreneurship was yeah so man in the beginning i really i really really did struggle with kind of like you know just keep going at it knowing that you know the people that you love and you're like the foundation of your life isn't really supporting you you know, that's, that's always a, a big struggle, especially during like, you know, my twenties, my early twenties, like shit, my mom doesn't like me, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> that's an incredibly powerful statement that the foundation of your life in that, during that time is not supporting. That's incredibly powerful because it yeah. is something that you don't think about and, and people don't understand. It is true. Especially those early years of what you mentioned, that yep. is insane and insanely difficult. So I give you a lot yeah. of credit for like fighting that and go through, but Thank I, I also you. think it's really funny and really sweet that you, your mom now, you know, and it's funny, two things. One, I think when we were younger, I never heard the word entrepreneur, but I always hear businessman, right? I don't, it was a very broad term. Yeah. Like, oh, That's what she thinks I am. Yeah. You're a businessman. I mean, you are a businessman. Um, but <laughs> And it's funny now that she, now that you're doing it, she's like, yo, man, these guys are doing it. I'm about to start making my meat brand. Yeah, and put it, yeah, put it yeah. It's sweet that she she can have these conversations with you now. So she, yeah, so that's <laughs> at least now. she sees it. That's, yeah, yeah, that's now. That, that That's now. So like, you know, during the whole process. So to give a little bit more context as far as like, you know, some of the things that I had to battle internally. So like yeah. my partners, their siblings, Fraz and Nirum, their parents, their whole family is very, very supportive. Um, and then on the contrast, you know, me as being the other partner, it's like 
seeing both worlds, like living in a world where you know you don't get the support, but also oh. firsthand witnessing um, my partner's family being very involved and very supportive to like the point where like back early on, we didn't have that many employees. We got to get an urban outfitters order out at the time we were selling our urban outfitters and, you know, being backed up and then having like their whole family help support. And then me uh, getting a phone call from my, my uh, parents, like, you know, um, it's like, it's so late. What are you doing? Still, yeah. you know, spending your time on this, you know, yeah. like, are you, like, and it's like, it's like, you know, are you even making money and like this and that? And it's like, you know, working in an environment where it's, you're seeing the contrast as far as like parents go, because again, like my partners are my family too. So they're yeah. also other family members helping out, but then my own parents not showing the same type of support. So th- that, that was a really rough internal battle because only because I'm seeing both sides. Seeing like I'm it. seeing my, my extended family, you know, being involved with my partner's family but my own family is not is not not even just not supporting it but also just like bashing it kind of dude that's you know? incredibly difficult and i can't imagine how tough that would be because you are seeing it because sometimes you just hear about it but you're not seeing you're seeing it firsthand yeah with yeah, the people yeah. that you're doing business with that's yep that's very very difficult to deal with <laughs> i can't i can't yeah, imagine tough. it was tough yeah but I'm glad but, you got through it and you pushed through it and you stuck <laughs> with it because you know, look at where you guys are now. Even if they, yeah. even if they don't still fully understand it, right? Even for yeah, yourself. Yeah. I mean, like, I can't go show my mom like, oh, Gunna's wearing our fit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, she don't know. You know what's funny? So yeah. it's actually like I came. I'm content with it now, right? So I, so then, so I, I play with it sometimes just for my yeah. enjoyment. So, um. My mom, uh, she had she had COVID in December, but she you know yeah. she's fully recovered. She's good now. And Great. I was talking to Gunna at the time, and I, <laughs> I was telling him, you know, we're just like small talking because I was yeah. setting out the new collection, and I was like, oh, just letting him. He was asking me how the family was. I told him about my mom's. Like, oh, I'm praying for you. So I, I went to go see my mom, and I just like, oh, by the way, Gunna's praying for you. And she's like, thanks. <laughs> so I just have fun with it, right? <laughs> so like, tell him I said thanks. <laughs> Only, <laughs> I was like, "Mom, gonna pray for you, mom." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's not their fault, man. They just don't understand what we're doing, or like the, you know, like the trophies that we win. They don't want to get it. Yeah, like, they, you know, my mom, my my mom uh, and my dad, they they know stores like Saks Fifth Avenue and stuff, but you know, a lot of the other stores they don't know. So yeah, um, it. So now it's cool. Now it's cool. Now though, you know, like uh, you know, uh, Alhamdulillah, married now. Uh, we have our own house, you know, we have stability in our lives. I, I think that's all they want to see. Yeah. They At the end of the day, want to see stability. And she should know the gunners pray for, her. I mean, that's something. <laughs> and, and gunners <laughs> praying for you, mama. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, 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 it's interesting. There's two things that you brought up that are important. One, I understand a little bit of this and even in what we do. So it might not like my parents, I think they, I think my mom is more happy that she saw two of her sons working together mm. more so because you know it's one of the parents' dream that kids stay together and, and yep, yep, blah, blah. Yep. I mean I think she's more happy about that than sometimes of what we do. And I remember we you know, we've been fortunate enough to do some pretty cool projects, right? And there's a lot yeah. of stuff that I was like, Oh, this is amazing. But uh I think for them, I think it didn't really hit them and even people around me, even like a lot of my friends and and, and even my in-laws and stuff like 
they, it didn't really hit them until you hit something like you know you mentioned like six uh sax fifth avenue like something like a lot of people know about especially in the yeah. community too like when we hit the the when we were doing something on the red carpet at the oscars like that was a mm-hmm. really big deal for everybody because it's something they can identify with or when we were shooting uh backstage at the victoria's secret show I mean, everybody knows about victoria's secret so like oh yeah, these yeah, dudes yeah. are there this must be something yeah. like big and i'm yeah, like yo there's so changes, many things yep. I, but there's so many things that we've done that are like I felt like much more, you know, meaningful proud or whatever of. that I'm yeah. proud of. Yeah. And then yeah. We, we did something with um, uh, Myra Khan, who's, you know, big in the Pakistani world. Yeah, I and saw that. I, but prior to that, I've never really heard my in-laws ever hit me up about any <laughs> of this stuff. But I did that and they were just like, yo, can't believe you. And I was like, OK. Yeah. I mean, she's, she, it was an incredibly great experience. And I actually really, she's such an amazing person. But it's just funny that they'll find little things and I take those small victories of like, cool, at least they saw some part of my world and they understand a little bit of it. Whatever it is, at least they get, get it. But fully, yeah. I don't think they're ever going to understand. And you they're, know, never gonna they're never going to get it. So, yeah, they're never going to understand. And uh, like, you know, in hindsight, you know, it's just like, I, if I were to go back, I wouldn't have let it bother me that much. That it than it did like um, during the earlier years when you know the time was critical as far as like you know you're um, spending all your time your energy on this not making yeah. much back but and then you know you just want to look for some support through this hard journey and you don't have that support it's it's tough so you have to find it within yourself you know which I was able to build within myself the the confidence within myself so that's that was the hard part man. I think that it's terrible. And I brought this up a couple of times before, and it's something that, you know, I saw later, but this, this idea that, for example, if at 18, you were deciding that, Hey, ma, I was going to do, or, you know, I'm I'm going to do med school. Right. But I'm going to do the program Mm -hmm. that goes straight from like, I'm going into the early, if there's some programs that start in college and you go straight from there, but you're not going to see me. You're not really going to hear from me. I'm going to be really busy everything that you possibly can do is excused, right? You don't show up to family events. You don't show up to birthdays. You don't do anything. Everything is excused because you're in medicine and you get all the love and support possible. Mm-hmm. If you put the same kind of time, energy, effort, money, blood, sweat, and tears and anything else that they don't understand, it's considered like, oh, what are you doing? Like, what a wait, like, yeah. why are you wasting your time? Or like, even you know, after, uh, after dropping out of med school and like when we got really busy with work, there was times where like I was not available and then people were just like, what do you mean you're not available? Like, it's a wedding. You got to show up. I was like, nah, I have stuff to do. Like, you know, but if yeah. I was in med school, I missed a lot of things. No one ever questioned why I was missing anything. And I think it's really unfortunate that that mindset has to change that. You know, the time energy that you dedicate and what you're doing is why where you are are today. So if you had gotten the love and support along the way, it probably would have pushed you, I don't know, like to do better, or at least you would have been a little bit happier doing it. It's always nice to have that support. So I wish that's something that's changed that people understand, especially especially if you're good at something and you're really busting your ass, right? And you're going Mm -hmm. in, you deserve Mm -hmm. that support. Well, I think Mm -hmm. you do. Um, But I don't know if that's always seen that way. And it's unfortunate. Yeah, man. It's like, like, I'm sure people go through it. Um, yeah. you know, like everything, like a lot of success stories, I, I watched a lot of podcasts or interviews and a lot of entrepreneurs talk about, um, you know, like their parents having their back and like, you know, like them pushing them, put the push forward. But it's very rare that I find the alternative. And it's probably because, you know, for entrepreneurs who have that challenge, it's really hard to hit the finish line or just like start continue going down the way. It's draining, especially when you're young and you're living with them. It's draining to have yeah. 
living in the same space while pursuing something that you truly believe in, but then, you know, your own parents or your own yeah. family, not really, you know, jiving with it. But um, so in hindsight, like as I'm older now, I look back to, back at it and I, and I do remember, so I actually wanted to talk about this. So I remember one of the conversations I've had with my father and um, I forgot what it was. It was something about um, the earlier years and like me, basically dropping out so I'm like 21 where I should be in like my prime as far as starting a career and everything yeah so he, he really was like he just like started going off on me one night maybe I forgot what triggered it what the context around it was but he was just like um you know talking about you know the direction where I should be headed and how this shouldn't be where I should be headed or in um you know like basically downplaying what I'm doing yeah. This is, again, this is the earlier years. And I remember one one thing he did say, and it kind of shut me up. So he was like, I, I was basically saying something back to him saying like, you know, uh, oh, you don't, you, I was like, uh, you won't understand because you don't even like care to understand. You don't want even care to just like support or care to learn what I'm doing. Right. And so I said something like, oh, you know, talking about support. So basically he said something around like, you know, me not, um, showing any uh, interest, meaning like asking me questions about it. Like, oh, what are you up to? How's your day? How's the brand? Um, is me supporting you because I don't, I let you do whatever you want. I don't, I don't question it. I don't mm -hmm. ask you, you know, I don't ask you like, what's your plan, this and this and that. Um, as far as the brand goes, he's like, he's just looking at it on a surface, uh, surface level, yeah. surface value level, as far as like, here's your, your, um, input like input and output is what you yeah. like putting in as far as your yeah. work and work and work. What is what are what are the successes that you have so far? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I I just I just recently thought about that moment. That's an interesting interesting yeah. point for him to bring up. Him kind of trying to implying that hey, I trust you. That's why I maybe he's saying I'm trust trust you doing what you're supposed to be doing. So that's what I'm not gonna ask. But you know, like that goes back to the point. I think that the complicated thing is from my understanding, when you're entrepreneurs, like there's no end date, right? There's not like, oh, when I reach this time or in this many years, I'll be yeah. here. And if, if if you take that, I can only bring it back to what I know. Like if I was in med school and I'm like one year into it and someone's like, oh, so what do you have to show for it? And I'm like, I don't have shit. <laughs> like, you know, after two yeah. years, what do you have to show for it? I was like, I don't have anything. Like it, it, that's yeah. how it is. But people understand that because that is something that they know. But if you were saying like, hey, if I put, so like I would have to put in four years of college, four years of med school, and then like three to four years of residency to get to that point, right? And if I tell someone else, hey, I'm going to put about 12 years of my life into this, don't ask me questions. <laughs> for 12 years yeah. and let me let me use i don't know like a two hundred thousand dollars or whatever to get there no one's gonna want to do that like no one's gonna understand that but it's like the same thing like you're putting in that much time energy and effort mm -hmm. into like because you said you're about you said you're 31 now 31 up yeah so you've been doing this for like 13 years and like now yep. you have a My lot to life. show <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. You have, but that is the same amount of time you would have spent if you did something more traditional and it's now true. you would be you know getting the fruits of that labor but people yeah, but you know what the difference is you know what the difference is bro the difference is that uh you're basically pursuing something that has like an angle as far yeah. as like yeah you get, get through all that. I think you mentioned this, but then you, you become a doctor. Over yeah. here is like, you might fail. You might do all this and just not come up with anything, which is a valid point. 
Yeah, that's a valid point. You know, yeah. and I, I think of it because I'm like, again, like I'm married for three years, you know, inshallah, I have kids too. And I'm thinking like, if my kids wanted to be an entrepreneur and I'm not like really digging their idea, how would I really react to it? <laughs> yeah. How would you react to it? I don't know. So someone asked me, someone asked me all the time. They're like, oh, what if your kid, they usually ask me like, oh, so what if your kid wants to pursue medicine? I'll be like, yo, fuck that. But the, <laughs> the truth is like, if they really want, so I have a son now. And so people ask like, oh, what would you do? I was like, honestly, I would hope that I'm a supportive parent. And I try to do my best to like guide and support him throughout his life. And hopefully, you know, early on see signs or skills that he has and try to, you know, encourage those mm-hmm. and, Yep. Take, it goes wherever it goes um, but if he's older and he says hey i want to pursue medicine that's fine too as long as it's definitely something that he really wants to do and he's good at mm. it then go for it i'm yeah. gonna hope that that's how i am but who knows how it's gonna be yeah, until, until it happens you don't know you know we talk we were talking about this topic about like you know uh the narrative of all they see parents pushing a career that you know most young people don't want to pursue these days yeah um but you know a lot of us haven't been put in the situation yet <laughs> No, they haven't. It's um. Yeah. Someone brought. So. What did they? The other day, someone asked me like, "Oh, what if your son wants to be a gamer?" And I'm like, "Yo, I have to be very. I have to try to be more progressive." <laughs> and I, I love playing video games, right? And I, I personally yeah. can see the potential. And like, I do consider these like they have legit careers now. But for someone yeah. else, they were they were trying to shit on it. They were like, "Oh, like, what if you want to be a gamer?" I'll be like, "Yo, that'd be amazing. I could sit and play games with them." But like, Man, they, they don't but, def- <laughs> what? I was gonna say like, so that's something you would support. If he's actually good at it, <laughs> but see, I can't be a hypocrite. If he really is good at it, if he wants to pursue it. And now um, in the world we live in right now, there is careers that you, like there is stuff you could do with. Just like people yep. who are YouTube who game, right? Yep. Some of the most yep. successful people who are making a lot of money, they're like doing fine, but it's still a big gamble. But I have Huge. to, that's what we were just talking about. When you're put in the situation, Huge. you have to try your best to be as supportive as possible. And also, you know, realistic. It depends. Mm-hmm. If my kid sucks at it and I'll, he's like, oh, I want to do this. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right move. Maybe you should explore. Yeah. Other it's going to be really tricky. And right now we're thinking about it in the context of what we know. And just like our parents, like, you know, 20 years from now, things are going to change drastically. So there'll be so a much. lot that I don't know. So then when mm-hmm. I'm presented with something, I might be like, oh, I have no idea what this is. So it's going to be it's going to be mm-hmm. much more difficult. But something you said very early on is the importance of constantly learning. My goal as just as a parent, especially, is also constantly learning as much as I can. So even not only to say cool and hip or whatever, but to be try to <laughs> understand what he's going through. Like, uh, even if I don't like the music or whatever he listens to, just understand it, right? So whatever mm-hmm. is going on in the world at that time, hopefully I have kept up with it enough to at least I have information to make a decision and not just be like, oh, I don't know. So I don't want you to do it because I don't know anything about it. But we'll see. Mm. How do you feel about that when someone, when they're going to present you with, a, with an opportunity <sighs> that you might not know about? I think, see, I would treat, I would try to... Um basically prime a self-awareness to you know my children as far as like being very keen on their self-awareness like they know they're really good at something or they know they really suck at something and that's one of the you know the qualities of an entrepreneur which I think are very beneficial to have is that self-awareness is like you you need to know that you're doing something right or doing something wrong very early on before getting too deep you know what I mean so I hope to you know, kind of just like prime that into them. 
Um, so that's some things I'll focus on. You know, like I haven't really gave it much thought as far as like would I push some type of career path yeah. to them. I would definitely want them to have really high education despite me being a dropout, despite my thoughts on the whole schooling yeah. system. So I, I was just never put in the situation, man. We'll see what happens. But yeah, that that's the right but, answer. I love see. the fact that you brought in self-awareness. Self-awareness is key. And it is yeah. good to know. That's a, <laughs> it, 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 it would be amazing if they're aware of how, what they're good and what they're not. But, <laughs> but yep. honestly, I have a kid right now and most of it is like, who the hell knows? Like, you just don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> um, you're going <laughs> to try your best and then you, you'll see what happens. Yeah. One thing, since we're talking about this, you know, if mm-hmm. somebody wanted to pursue a similar path to what you did, right? And now knowing mm-hmm. everything that you know, how would you recommend they get to that? Because you went a very untraditional, I guess all, all, all of these entrepreneurs at untraditional, but if you had recommendations of like, oh, I would recommend you go down this path. What, what would you say? As far as like starting a brand goes? Yeah, starting a brand, if, if that's something they want to do. Mm. Um, well, I can break it down this way. As far as like being a brand owner, which is essentially an entrepreneur, my suggestion is one to build that self-awareness, figure out if you're actually like legit good, you know? Um, And a lot of that is just putting your work out there, getting some feedback in the, like the the social media world, figure out if you're legit, really good at this stuff. Right. Uh, Two, um, this business actually costs a lot of money, but as far as like to run it on like a scale where you're basically making, making a living off of it. But at the same time, there's so many resources now where you can build a brand without very, very, very little startup investment. There's so many resources, like there's apps where it's like print on demand, throw up a design, build an Instagram page, throw it up. So just one, I would say like, try to do stuff like that and figure out if you have a, you can build a customer. Mm-hmm. Um, so self that goes back to self-awareness, just figure it out figure out if this is something you're good at. Yeah. Um, the second part of it is, um, though there's like this whole, um, cool cloud based thing as, as far as like being a designer goes, um, you definitely have to study how the business works. Um, the business of getting into these retail stores, like how does that work? They buy like seasons in advance. You know, I know you have experience where working with fashion brands, shooting their content. There's like seasons in advance. Like yeah. if you want to get to XYZ store, this is how you have to get to XYZ store. This is how their the business operates. So definitely learn the the, um, the business of fashion. Um, I can tell you firsthand my personal experience. I read this. I read uh, Mark Echo's Unlabeled book. I think it's called Unlabel. Unlabel me, something like that. Uh, that was very useful for me um to learn firsthand how mark echo built his brand it was also from jersey um from his garage or basement whatever it was to where it is where what became um one of the most successful streetwear brands in history so far um so yeah just get your knowledge up and then as far as like you're being your own self is like, don't get too attached on the emotional side of like opinions and feedback. Um, leave emotion out of it. Because when you're a designer or any type of artist or any type of creative, obviously your work is very valuable to you. It's like your baby, right? You put a lot of yeah. time and energy. You're very proud of your work, right? And then very easily a buyer of a store can be like, I don't want to pick this up. This is not good. 
right? And, so, yeah. and that can make you feel shitty as a designer yeah. because a lot of designers are very proud of what they create. Like, why shouldn't yeah. you be? So separating that emotion to your work can definitely um, strengthen your like emotional intelligence, which allows you to keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, and it, it still sucks. Like, again, like the whole, for example, the Fashion Nova project that we're doing, I sent the, this guy a, a line sheet, which is basically the assortment of collections. And he's taking mad long to reply to me. And I just spent mad hours and work, <laughs> and I, which I'm really proud of the designs. Like, damn, bro, like, yo, give me a freaking reply. But, you know, people are busy. Like, you got to, you got to, you got to yeah. understand like the, how the business works. Like there's budgets, you know? It's yeah. like when they could buy. So learn the business and get your emotions out of the freaking door. Uh, the, the emotions thing. Yo, ain't is no a, time, no, no fucking. Ain't no time for no fucking emotions, man. <laughs> yeah, but it's so true. I, I leave that so shit true. out the door because you're creating it. People do get attached to it, and sometimes, like, n- I've seen it happen too. Even in like the simple things that we do, like we had an intern one time, and like he was editing something, and he mm-hmm. like he was really happy and proud about it. And then he put a song in it and the guy, as soon as he has like, yo, I hate this song. And then, yep. you know, he's like, you got to change. And he's like, nah, but th- yeah. this is like, this is the song. Like this is what we're, he's yeah. like, nah, I hate it. And then he was really upset. And I was like, what are you upset about? Uh-huh. Like, like you can't be upset about it. You just have to move on. And yeah, yeah. it's funny you, that you say that because as a designer, it's even way more involved in that because you spend so yeah. much time and energy mm-hmm. and love and create something. You could show up to someplace and they're like, eh. Or if you read a review of yep. like your your line, like after you do a show or something, and they're like, yep. eh, that was, that was, eh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, that, people hurtful. get caught up with that. People get people get caught up on chasing like and like fighting that on fighting the internet. You cannot beat the internet. The nah. internet is is undefeated. <laughs> but I want to ask you, like, because you, you know, you guys, um, you know, with Happy Monday and everything, there's a lot of client based work. So you're obviously showing somebody for approvals, right? For the yeah. work that you make. Yeah. Um, do you find yourself getting caught up emotionally as far as like attachment to your work? Yeah, dude, it's, it's happened multiple, like, you know, that example with that kid, that's happened to me too. But uh, Atif had told me very, very early on when we first started doing it, he's like, yo, listen, when we're creating something, we're not creating mm-hmm. for ourselves. We're creating for the client, mm-hmm. right? This is theirs. It's not yeah. ours. So you have to understand mm-hmm. whatever the feedback they give, you have to adapt to that. There is very few instances where we believe in something strongly enough where we would fight it and tell them that, yo, it would only be the case. Oh, if yeah, you for feel sure. Like, yeah, yeah. If it's better for the brand, we're like, yo, this is will be better. It's not a personal mm-hmm. thing. It's like, yo, this just overall will be better. That's the only time we'll fight. Otherwise, you know, you know, there's so many rounds of edits that happen from the start of mm-hmm. what you think you want it to be and sometimes what it ends up being that it's just the way it is. So you have to mold it to shape it to be what they want. And it's not about yeah. it's not about you. So right. that, that that's happened a lot. Yeah. So so yeah, just to recap the the advice would be to, you know, try to separate as far as being creatives goes separate the emotions out of the work yeah and learn the business and build the self-awareness what do you think was what do you think has been the hardest thing for you like struggles in building your brand personally uh there's so much man (laughs) we've been (laughs) doing this for like 12 years so we counter so many different you know stages and levels to it but I guess like the common denominator always been, which is just like a general challenge for anybody doing this is you always got to find the gatekeeper to mm-hmm. what you're trying to achieve. There's always somebody who fills this role to be giving the yeses and nos to yes. what you're trying to achieve. Uh, 
so be really quick to find that gatekeeper who that person is um that's always the hardest challenge and some of these gatekeepers are freaking tough especially these days these these freaking bloggers think they're the king of the whole damn world <laughs> things that they it, 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 it's funny that you say that um when i was talking to atif kazmi he said that too he said this thing is like this one person usually mm-hmm. there's one person on the other end who's <laughs> yep. making the decision right and it's oh, just so man. interesting how that works because you can go through a lot and then at the end of it it's usually one person and then it's it, just it that is person it's just that be, be nice figure it out who it is and make sure you know how to navigate that but that's yeah, what it ends up being it. Yeah. So, um, to like, just to further elaborate on your question, as far as like the challenges, you know, finding the gatekeeper with the resources and tools we have, especially social media is not that hard to find that person, but it's just like getting their attention. That's always the the hard part. And basically in the, the space that I work, a lot of it is just like circles, right? You have the Virgil Abloh circle and, you know, the, yeah. you know, it's all the circles Like everybody just put everybody else on. It's like trying to get into that level without having those connections. You know, like everybody is like in a way associated with Kanye West who's doing well right now. You yeah. Jerry, <clears throat> Virgil in the fashion space, Heron, you know, they're all connected, right? So how do you yeah. get into that circle without that type of connection? So that's always the biggest challenge. And then one of the other challenges we face is, you know, while we're on the topic of challenges, um, since we've been around for so long as you and fashion has been changing, even the retail space has been changing where, you know, stores have been closing left and right. Yeah. So you got to keep adapting, you know, that's, a, you know, focusing on digital is, um, obviously a challenge that we had to face and overcome and which we've done. So just to give some context around that, um, so a large, like, let's say 2018, a large part of our business was wholesale. We had agencies all over the world from freaking Spain, Italy, Australia, Europe. Um, and, you know, that's a monster. You're managing all these different agencies to uh, basically sales agencies yeah. to, you know, sell your stuff to doors. And then come down to when it's time to deliver a shipment, they're like, oh, we're already closed. We shut down. This, this company's out of business, you know? So, yeah. you know, that, so um, fashion is very pivotal and you have to keep adapting. Retail space right now is very pivotal. You have to keep adapting. Um, so challenges is like adapting to the fast, how fast fashion moves. That, not just trend-based, just like how the business moves. Yeah. Like even for you guys, like you guys are doing fashion shows. You're not doing, uh, New York, you're not doing fashion shows on the runway because of COVID. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very like, different now. It's very different, yeah. Things um, the technology changing too for us. Like technology changes a lot of what we do. There's one thing I wanted to ask you in related to fashion, mm-hmm. and then you guys being brown. Do you because you're mm-hmm. talking about those circles? Do you feel like, or have you ever felt like being brown as as it has inhibited you from breaking through like a glass ceiling or like breaking through into a circle? Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I mean. So there's two spaces where that can play a role. Um, so, and so I'll touch on the first one. First one is like for a fashion brand of where, like the space where we at, celebrity influence is very powerful and kind of necessary, right? To be yeah. on a level where you want to be, right? Especially in the States, they're obsessed with celebrities who's wearing what. So in the celebrity space, a lot of the people that we target or have worn our stuff are rappers. 
um, hip hop artists and people in that hip hop space um, and just generally celebrity culture. So one challenge or one thing that was like kind of a, oh, we're brown and further than that, we're Muslim. It's like, you know, I, I don't drink because of my religion being Muslim, brown person. And yeah. it's like being around that space where I'm hanging out with, for example, um, I'm trying to think of a recent situation is like, um, let's just say, like, let's say the weekend we were uh, trying to get stuff on the weekend, which we eventually yeah. have been doing, but it's like being in that space and environment where they're freaking drinking and this and that. And it's like, they're passing you this and you're like, oh, nah, man, dude, I'm Muslim. I don't drink. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, break, it breaks that, it breaks yeah. that connection, you know? And like, there's so many situations like, you know, not just being brown. I don't, I don't think being brown was too much of an obstacle yeah. for like, as far as like celebrities go. But um, definitely being Muslim and like valuing like, you know, some parts of the religion that you trying to keep. Yeah. So no, but that's such a good point. It is. It is something that comes yeah. up a lot. Like when you're like networking or people are like, oh, let's go get a drink. Yeah. And the way people normally yeah, make connections, yeah. yep. that stuff can be like you know if you don't do that, if yeah. you don't participate in yeah, that, yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, it's it, it it is a very good point to bring up. And that will and because that is some of the part of the culture is is around that. And if you're not participating, yeah. it makes it difficult. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, is interesting. For sure. As yeah. far as like uh, the fashion space goes. Uh, I haven't I haven't really seen it as an obstacle as far as like this fashion space goes. Only the only thing I've seen was like you have to be connected to somebody else who's in that big circle in fashion right now. Mm, to get so, it. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. Like no matter what industry it is, it always ends up being who you know. Who you know is always everything, man. Yeah, build. Man, I, I do uh I'm hitting up people on Instagram all the time. And every I encourage everybody to do that. Like I said, going back to gatekeepers, bro. There's always that one person. You got to keep finding that person. Yeah. Got to find get those their attention. Yeah, got to get those gatekeepers. That's what it's all about. That is very true. Before um, we start wrapping it up, do you, aside from the the amazing things that you touched on and the advice that you give it, if you. Uh, Aside from the family stuff that you brought up for yourself, if you had to talk to your younger self, like 15 years old, do you have any advice for your younger self? Um, it will it will be pretty much the same advice that I, I gave as far as like for how to follow this path. Yeah. Um, just do it early on. So um, I'm trying to think as far as like the advice. I think the whole emotional part of it was big, um, yeah. not just as far as like the being emotional. Um, emotionally attached to your creativity, but also like the opinions of your family or your yeah. parents. Um, I might have been more emotionally intelligent in certain situations in the past if I wasn't so like, like just dwelling on how my parents were not being supportive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I'm sure like, I can't, I can't recall a specific moment, but I'm sure there's moments where like, it just puts me down and like, I was unable to do what I should be doing as far as like my, the best ability, my ability, because how I was feeling. Uh, your, your man, it's like your thoughts is control everything outward your inner thoughts control everything outward so definitely be, try to build that emotional intelligence i stress that a lot emotional intelligence is everything it's, you, it, it's, go, and it, it, uh, sorry to cut you off but no, no, you no, know no. just like just like expanding on you know why emotional intelligence is so important and how it is basically um associated with the topic that of your whole podcast your whole platform is because um, 
it's basically comes out to support and it's like encouragement, um, you know, and everything you're taught is like be a doctor, be an engineer, be a lawyer, be successful, um, you know, and then it's a big emotional battle, bro. Like, especially it when is. you start, when you start, when you're starting to make these career decisions, it's like when you're 18, you know, 18, 19, 20, you know, you're just trying to figure out life yourself. Cause like a lot of Brown parents don't even let you go out to the world until, <laughs> until you're 19. It's like, shit, I just got here in this world. I got to figure out what I want to do too, you know? Dude, so <laughs> that is one of the best things. <clears throat> that That's such an important thing that you hit on that. Like, I, I guess yeah. <laughs> I didn't really get I just got here. here. <laughs> I just got here. It's a, you're, not got here. Go, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to go out, and it's even more. It's even more difficult growing up if you're if you're a female, right? It's even more difficult. Yeah, like you, that, you, yeah. it's crazy. That's what I was basically trying to touch on. It's like I, you know, from a, a lot, specifically from a female perspective, it's like I just started <laughs> to be be a part of society for most people, you know. Yeah. So you know, hopefully and now they want you to figure it out. Like, yeah, like figure out your whole life. Dude, that's such a good point. It's so true. Like, right when you're stepping in, the, see, that's why sometimes people talk about, like, you know, some people are just ahead of the game because they've been exposed to certain things all your life. And then you're right, you just step in and you're like, oh shit, I just got here. Now I need to know what I'm going to do. <laughs> like, it's it's yeah. so hard. I think that is also part of the reason why you see now more people like experimenting more when they get a little older because they just didn't have that opportunity or those options. I agree. Younger. But that yeah. is such a good point. Yeah. Um, but I agree with what you just said as far as experimenting, and I and I and I think that one should, if they want, if you know, this is the type of path they want to do as far as like whether it be entrepreneurial or creative or just like doing stuff on the side. There's nothing wrong with having a career and doing fun stuff on the side that they enjoy too. You know, yeah. like just keep experimenting with things, especially with the resources we have now. Like, bro, like even I'm experimenting with things. Um, like. For example, like last year, I just started throwing freaking parties at, and I hate going to parties and clubs, but I just wanted to create, I, I'm really, so, uh, so um, a little bit of insight as far as like what I've truly enjoy is like, is like, I'm not so, so big on the materialism of clothing or mm -hmm. fashion. I'm really into like the whole theatrical part of it, whether it be like, you know, editorials, styling, the looks, you know, it's like fashion and like everything, a lot of things in the culture is a lot of it just theater, bro. Like yeah. runways, it's theater, like the stage setting and, you know, the, the sounds that go with it. Like fashion has so much, so many different creative elements that go in it, you know, outside of just like a t-shirt or jacket. Uh, so I'm really into that. And like the whole culture overall, especially with my childhood background being around music, you know, I, I didn't become a rapper, but um, at least never uh, too late. Yeah. So, so uh, like, for example, like last year, um, not last year, 20, in 2019, right before the pandemic, you know, just started it like a, um, me and my friends in there, he, we started a uh, private entry, basically throwing parties, but like yeah. curating in like a lifestyle way um, where we invite special guests based on our network. So, I say that to basically say, you know, we're always experimenting with different things and see if it works out. If it doesn't, screw it. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, all the clubs closed down, so we're not throwing parties. But <laughs> yeah. No, but. I think that's a really good point. And it's something that I try to talk about now. So, like, sometimes I'll have, 
I, I, I say kids, but like, you know, these, these kids are like in their 20s, early 20s. They're like, yo, man, I haven't figured it out. Look, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, I was like, yo, man, you're so young. I would say, and this something yeah. goes back to what you said about if my son too. I feel like your your late teens, early 20s, you should be experimenting, trying out everything oh, you can. for sure. Yeah, if you have yeah. something stable, do that. But while you're doing that, try anything and everything mm-hmm. you could possibly do. That way, when you mm-hmm. get older, like when you're in my age, you'll have a much better idea of what you want and what you don't want. Because like what you're saying, even till this day, like even after leaving med school and doing what I'm doing, I'm still constantly doing other things on the side because I still, yeah. there's so many things that I love it. Try. You love it. Yeah, because yeah. you love it. Like, you know, you love, I, I love to learn. And when you learn something new, like, oh, shit, I didn't even know about this. I want to try this yeah. out. So I'm constantly doing yep. that, too. And for yep. some people, that's just going to be the rest of our lives. And there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Nothing. Um, nothing at all. I, I um, well, going back, there was one thing I want to talk about fashion related. Uh-huh. And this might be a little bit more okay. serious is like, and when you were talking about the social circles, like, how do you, how do you feel or how do you guys deal with people who end up like uh, imitating stuff that you guys do? And like dealing with that part of the business, because I always find it interesting, and I wonder yeah. what your take on that is. I, I I think it goes back to like the whole emotional part of it, man. Like, just take it, because a lot of times, a lot of situations, you can't legally do anything, or it's too expensive to even like give it any attention as far as like legal mm. things goes. Imitation, imitation is always going to happen if you go around chasing like, oh, this copy, this this person copying this, this person copying that. I mean, you just wasting your energy on all that it's always it's gonna it's bound to happen especially in fashion with fast fashion fashion nova we do so you know what we figured out we do business with the <laughs> companies that are biting everybody else like fashion nova like fashion nova legit bro legit if you go into i don't mean to talk bad on the, our one of our partners but if legit if you go to fashion nova there's a hoodie that's very 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 similar to the one we have right now right as far as the design goes so what do you do instead of trying to battle them? All right, cool. Let's work together, figure it out. And then you do, you make money together. You know, yeah. I mean, you, you got to be smart. You just got to be smart and, and, and just be aware of where you're focusing your energy. But yeah, knockoffs happen all the time, man. There's once, there was once a whole website. Uh, it was like profound um, aesthetic dot Korea or something like that. And they were legit like shipping, I was full of folk fully functioning website and the thing the way the, the laws work is like you know there's international um copyrights yeah so you need to have it trademarked in every country and that's oh, why you why spend all much why spend so much money doing that yeah it's like you gotta just stay you know stay focused on what you're doing it's gonna happen you gotta accept it it's part of the game this is the game bro that's the especially game. if you're doing something really good right if you're doing if you're doing it right then people are gonna copy it's gonna happen. But fashion, this huge replica market, it's gonna happen. People knock off stuff all the time. I, okay. I recently posted on my story. I don't know if you saw it. Um, like Jr. Smith, the basketball player, yeah, uh, in the Lakers. He was wearing one of our T-shirts, and um, immediately there was like, because like I said, like I was saying earlier, there's so many resources where you can literally pop up T-shirts designs in like a couple minutes. Yeah, but there's a direct like people are people had fakes up on the web and like posting it on Twitter. Wow. The same day. So it happens, bro. That that's something yeah, else. It happens. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wind this down and, and I'm gonna get into probably the most important question of this this whole interview for me is like, yo, what uh. is your favorite pizza spot? <laughs> Man, 
I just so I just moved to uh Somerset in Jersey. Yeah. So I found this pizzeria out here. It's called City Pizza. So if you're ever around uh New Brunswick, Jersey, like towards yeah. the Rutgers area, bro, City Pizza is where it's at. Okay. I gotta That's come I, I gotta come out there and, and try all these places that people have been recommending that I've never even heard of. Yeah, bro, Jersey, especially the area I live in right now. Man, there's so many uh good spots out here. As far as like eating, I don't know if you're a big foodie. Are you a big foodie? Yeah, can't you tell yeah. me? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm uh, always eating and always looking for good yeah. food. Man, there's nothing wrong with looking for good food. Yeah, but yeah, come down here. Let me know. I forgot to ask you this when we were talking, but like, I would hope that you would be open to uh, people reaching out if they wanted to get some advice or if they wanted to to get to know something better. If so, like, what is the best way of getting, uh, for them reaching out to you, getting in touch with you? Um, I would, I would definitely be open to anybody reaching out. I, I try my best to, uh, be as responsive as possible. Um, Instagram is the best way. Instagram is my first and last name, uh, Nabil Zaidi. Um, Twitter, I'm pretty active on Twitter as well. So those two, those two channels, definitely. Yeah. Dude, thank you so, so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and, and doing this and and enlightening us with, with all your knowledge. And, and and this was just such a such a great conversation. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed it too, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for thinking of me. Apologize for taking so long to connect, but <laughs> hey, we made it happen. Yeah, this is great. Thank you. Happen. <laughs>